Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. So it's my privilege to uh, to be here this morning to open up God's Word and just to share what He has been showing me. There are some things um, that I'm going to share with you that you may or may not know about me. This year, I have been uh, in education for 39 years. I know, it seems a bit scary that. I started probably a little bit like yourselves in nursery and then primary school and then I was five years in high school. And then I went on to university for another four years. And then I worked in primary school. And I worked in nursery schools. And now I find myself working in, a high, in high schools uh, across Dundee. And really, all I need to do now is work in university and I've come full circle. But you know, for all these uh, jobs, and for all the time that I spent in university and went on to do even more courses at university, I needed the right qualifications, the right job uh, work experience, the satisfactory references. Do you know, I needed a certain qualification to be accepted in these places. And do you know, that's kind of what life gives us, doesn't it? It means we have to somehow live up to things, we need to behave in a certain way, we need to look a certain way, we need to have the right credentials to get by in life. But how many of you know that's not true of God's kingdom? That's not true of God's kingdom. We are accepted without conditions in God's house. And so this morning I want to share with you some tales of acceptance, how Jesus showed us true acceptance in him. No qualifications, no job experience, not needed. The other thing that you might not know about me is actually throughout my life, I've struggled with acceptance. I've struggled with rejection. Through lots of different circumstances, mainly my own heart issues about feeling that I needed to do things or be approved by others, but the torment that caused me in my mind and in my emotions impacted relationships, impacted really how I saw myself or how I was around other people. And I would torment myself with feeling rejected, feeling isolated. I would withdraw from people or situations or I would be defensive. And those, I'm guessing, are some emotions that you've maybe felt in life. Because you know what, we're not immune to feeling rejected. That's part of life, and it started right from the beginning of time. Do you know, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created to be in friendship with God. They walked, they talked in this beautiful earth that he created. They had complete freedom. They knew what it was to have complete acceptance and friendship with God. And then we know that God set boundaries, and he said, don't eat of that fruit, of that tree. And Adam and Eve both sinned. They both went their own way and chose to do the wrong thing. And when sin came in, three things came in. 
fear, shame, and rejection. And we see that in Genesis 3 where we see Adam and Eve's Eve, Eve, Adam and Eve suddenly find themselves hiding and ashamed. They're hiding from God. Rather than walking with God, they're now hiding from him and they're afraid. And we then see something that's probably the hardest thing to read is that actually to protect them in that state of sin, God knew that if he, held, if he kept them in that garden, they would have access to the tree of life. And he didn't want them to live a life forever in sin. And so it says in Genesis 3 that he drove them out. He drove them out. He sent them out. And we are now, as a result, marked by that sense of rejection because they were driven out. They were outside looking in. They were outside looking in. There are people in this room that have that sense today. They are outside looking in. And God wants to show you his grace, his acceptance, and his love. And he wants to do a work in your heart so that you know true acceptance and true love. So we're going to look at three encounters Jesus had with different groups of people. He had it with a woman, he had it with a man, and he had it with children. They were poor, they were rich, they were dependent. So somewhere in this room, you fit into one of those categories, I'm pretty sure. Okay, you can decide which one you are. So we're going to start in Luke 19, and we're going to look at the life of Zacchaeus. But to give you some backstory, the Bible tells us some things about Zacchaeus. He tells us that he was a tax collector, a chief tax collector. Now, I'm pretty sure none of us like to pay tax, okay? Um, but what was even worse in these days was that if you were a tax collector, you uh, weren't only to receive tax, but you were actually viewed as a betrayer. Because at that time, Israel was under enemy occupation. They were under rule of the Romans. And so all the taxes that were paid were paid to the Romans. And so your fellow countrymen not only saw you as a tax collector, but they saw you as someone who betrayed them. He was a traitor. We also know that Zacchaeus was just a cheater. He stole. So he didn't just take the taxes that were due him. He took extra money for his own pockets. And we also know that the religious men and women at that time, or religious people at that time, viewed tax collectors um, pretty much in their own category because they accused Jesus of being a friend of sinners and tax collectors. They had their own special category of hatred. They didn't just hate the sinners. They hated the sinners and the tax collectors. So now you can kind of get a picture of how Zacchaeus is viewed how he spent his life. He might have been a wealth, well, he was a wealthy man. The Bible tells us he was a wealthy man. He had state, a certain amount of status, but yet he was rejected by people. And he felt that rejection. And the Bible tells us he was also a short man. So in some ways, he was not only metaphorically looked down on, but he was physically looked down upon. He knew what rejection felt like. I'm a short woman, right? I know all you heightists out there. So <laughs> I know what that feels like. <laughs> so 
we find, uh, we, we can sense that Zacchaeus is a man who has been rejected and, um, and we can see that that is where he's at. But we find, we pick up the story where Zacchaeus hears of Jesus is passing by. And we don't know why, but he wants to go and see Jesus. Probably he's heard Jesus is a friend of sinners and tax collectors. In fact, one of his followers was a tax collector. Jesus called him out from the tax collecting booth and said, come follow me. So perhaps Zacchaeus is a man who thinks, here is someone who's a friend of tax collectors. I want to go and see this man. And so he does something. He runs ahead. He runs ahead to where he knows Jesus will be passing by. And he does something that Middle Eastern men don't do. They run. They don't run. They're not, not people with power or status, not men. They don't run. But we see this man, this short man, running to the tree and then climbing up the tree so that he can be outside looking in. He can be up that tree looking in and finding out what Jesus is all about. Maybe that's you here today. Maybe you're just here. You're not quite sure who this Jesus person is. Maybe you're on the outside looking in. And this is what we find Jesus doing. Always look in the scripture for what Jesus is doing. Because that's what's going to bring you freedom. So Jesus is walking with all these people, all these crowds following him. And he stops right at the tree where Zacchaeus is at. And he looks up. And he calls him by name Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. This man that was outside looking in gets an invitation to his house. Now, I don't know about you, but when I maybe have invited people back for dinner, but I've not really been expecting them, I am basically in the car on my way to my house going, Naomi, you're doing the bathroom. Jenna, you're doing the kitchen. Daniel, you're picking up the stuff in the living room. You are getting your house ready for your invited guests. Zacchaeus had no time to do that. Zacchaeus immediately had to come down and take Jesus to his home. What does that show us? Jesus doesn't want us to clean up. He doesn't want us to cover up. He wants to be where you're at. Publicly, he called Zacchaeus down from the tree. Privately, he ministered grace. He ministered love. He ministered friendship. And it was at that place in his home where there was no cover-up, no clean-up. In his home, Jesus transformed that man. How do we know that? Because he comes out and he says, I'm going to give away half my possessions to the poor. I'm going to pay back four times what I have stolen. This was a man transformed by acceptance, by love. He was transformed in that private place, heart to heart with God. That's what God wants for you today. He wants to get to your home. He wants to be, he wants to, he's inviting himself to your home so that he can show you love, so he can show you grace, so he can show you acceptance, so that he can transform you from the inside out. And that's what God does. That's what Jesus does. That's what he wants to do today. 
So then we, and then we know that Jesus saw the change because he said, salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this house. I come to seek and save that which was lost. That's what he wants for you. Salvation to your home. Salvation to your house. So, second encounter. We find this in Mark 5. Um, the Bible calls this woman, she doesn't, he doesn't, she doesn't get a name, she is the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. What does that mean? Basically, this woman for 12 years has been bleeding. And I can't imagine what that feels like. The draining that that must cause. The weakness that that must have caused her. But more than that, it actually... It caused her so much shame because in those days, if you were bleeding, you were unclean. You weren't allowed to touch anyone or they became unclean. You weren't allowed to go to the temple and worship because you were unclean. So anything you touched or anywhere you went, you caused uncleanness. Can you imagine the rejection, the isolation? She wasn't allowed. She was rejected from worship. She was rejected from family, from friends, because anything she touched, she made unclean. Twelve years. Twelve years she suffered with rejection. Twelve years she suffered at the hands of men, it said. She tried everything to be fixed. She tried everything. She spent everything to be fixed. I don't know if that's your life story. Have you been rejected? Are you isolated? Have you spent everything, suffered much? You know, you can change that woman with the issue of blood to the woman with the issue of. Woman with the issue of addiction. Woman with the issue of divorce. Woman with the issue with mental health woman with the issue of sickness, woman with the issue of shame. What did Jesus do? Well, we actually find that the woman has had enough. She's had enough. And she knows, if I go to Jesus, that's my answer here. That's my answer for the healing of this flow of blood. And so we find her doing something quite risky because this woman who's been so isolated and so separate from society in some ways pushes through. There's crowds all around Jesus and she has to push through the crowd. She has to touch a lot of people to get to Jesus. And in fact, in her mind, in her over and over, the Bible tells us, she says, if only I can touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be healed. If only I could touch the hem of the garment, I will be healed. She has faith to know where her answer for healing comes. She's tried everything. So she knows that this is her one last answer. And she goes and she grabs that garment and she touches the hem of that garment. And it says immediately she's healed. Wow. But then she tries to withdraw. She tries to get away. She tries to hide. And Jesus does something 
he stops and he said, who's touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, there's people all around you. Oh, like, who hasn't touched you, do you know? And he's like, no, someone has touched me. Why did he do that? Was it to shame her? Was it to call her out? No. He wanted to restore her. He wanted to make her whole. He didn't want her to hide away. Yes, she got her healing, but he wanted to do something so much more. He wanted to do so much more over her life. And so it says in verse 33, it says that she actually came fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, knowing what she had done. And she came and fell down before him. And it says this, and I love this. It says, she told him the whole truth. She told him the whole truth. Some of you today need to get before Jesus, not just taking what he has for you, but telling him the whole truth, sharing your whole truth with him. Because if you don't, you'll always think, well, if I don't, if, if he doesn't, of course he knows everything, but if I don't say this, or if I don't do, or if I don't share this, then will he love me? Will he really love me? Will he really accept me? She told him the whole truth. And he did something which is remarkable because he said to her, daughter. And that word in the Greek means daughter of Zion. He claimed her as his own. When he said daughter, he was saying, you belong to me. You're mine. You are mine. And so rather than publicly shaming her, he publicly accepted her. He publicly spoke over her, daughter, you're mine. You are mine. Go in peace. Go in peace. Be free from your suffering. He spoke truth over her. He spoke love over her. He spoke acceptance over her. That's what he wants to do for you. He wants you to come to him, telling him the whole truth. Look at him, not, not hiding from him, not running away from him, looking to him and hearing those words, daughter, son, go in peace, be free, be free. Isn't that good news? That's what Jesus came to do. He came to reverse everything that was broken, all our sin, all our shame, all our fear, all our rejection. That's what he came to do. It's so good. I love, I love the word. I love looking at what Jesus is doing. Okay, so finally we're going to look at the last encounter. And we find this in Mark 10. Is everybody doing okay? Cool. So, we find in Mark 10, people are bringing little children to Jesus. Okay, so we've got all these little children running around, and they're all coming, running up to Jesus. And who do we find? But the disciples going, get away, go, go, get off, get out of here. And Jesus, it said, was indignant. Indignant. He was displeased. He was annoyed. An unfair treatment. That's what indignant means. And he rebuked his disciples. Jesus does not like rejection, especially of little ones. 
you know, I've worked, I love children. As I said, I've worked for, well, I've worked for 20 plus years with children and they're an absolute joy. I love them, I love them to bits. They make me laugh every day. Every day children make me laugh. But I know they can be annoying. I know they can be noisy. I know they can be sticky and stinky and just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's how the disciples obviously viewed them. You know, they stopped pestering them. But Jesus, Jesus didn't do that. He did something way better. He welcomed them. He pulled them close. Said he took them in his arms and he blessed them. I don't know if you've been in a position where you've been pushed away to God's house, but Jesus is pulling you in. He's pulling you into his arms. He wants to love on you. He wants to bless you. He wants you up close because that's who he is. And you know, even more than that he uses them to help us understand how we should respond to him because he uses them as an example let me just read it he says let the little children come to me do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these truly i tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a little child will never enter it do you know, that's how we have to come to him. We have to come to him like little children. Now, little children can't do anything for themselves. Little children can't feed themselves, can't clothe themselves. Very little children can't even walk themselves. They can't change themselves. They're stinky, remember? You know, they, they are absolutely dependent on God for uh, for, sorry, they're absolutely dependent on the adults who care for them for everything. For everything. That's how we have to come to him. We have to be totally dependent. Do you know, so religion tells you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've not to do this, you've not to do that. Jesus says, come. Come to me. Come to me. Be dependent on me. Enter my kingdom like you can't do a thing because you can't. You can't forgive yourself. You can't earn salvation. You can't get it right because we can't. We get it wrong all the time. But God says, come to me like that and I will make you righteous. I will give you joy. I will give you strength. In your weakness, he shows himself strong. That's how we have to come to him. Totally, totally dependent on him. That's what we learned from these children. Do you know last week, or a couple of weeks ago when it was Mother's Day, and all the kids came and said what they loved about their mums, what they were thankful to God about their mums for. And there was one child that's, who said something that really caught my attention. And um, she said, well, I love my mummy she loves me. That's it, isn't it? We love because he first loved us. That's it. We love because he first loved us. We are totally dependent on him. 
totally dependent. And it's in that that we know acceptance. We know peace with God. No, no qualifications. No experience necessary. Just receive. Just know what it is to be loved by God. And I, throughout time, I've known that love and I've known that acceptance. And, and because of that, my relationship with others has changed. And that's my testimony. But you know, I'm going to, be, I'm going to give a challenge firstly to Christ followers here today. And I'm going to give uh, a couple of challenges over the, the encounters we've just read of or heard of. And the first um, challenge that we have is who are the tax collectors in your life? Who are the sinners? Who are the tax collectors? Who are you inviting to your house to share God's love and God's acceptance? And the second group are who are the women with issues in your life? Do you talk about their issues? Or do you love them and accept them? in their issues and show God's love and God's acceptance in their issues because that's what Christ calls us to and then who are the little children in your life who are the annoying ones the messy ones sticky ones the ones that are always in the wrong place at the wrong time because Jesus says let them come welcome them pull them in So that's my challenge today for Christ followers because we can all be challenged by how Jesus responded to people. But there are are groups of you here also that need to know that Jesus accepts you, that Jesus loves you. Sometimes accepts probably isn't a nice word because it feels like, well, I'll, I'll accept them. I'll let them in. But no, Christ's acceptance is pulling you in, is loving you, is saying daughter, okay? So it's not just a, yeah, I accept you, in you come. It's, a, it's so much more than that. And it says actually in Ephesians, it said that Jesus accepted you by adopting you. That's way more acceptance, isn't it? That's like pulling you in. You're in my family, you're in my house, you're in my kitchen, you're at my table, you get my money. That's the kind of adoption, that's the kind of acceptance that God shows. It's an adoption, it's a pulling in. You belong, you belong here, you belong here. That's what God wants you to hear today. And it says that we are accepted in the beloved. He loves you in the beloved. So strong, so strong. So today, can I ask the band actually, because I'm just about finished. So today, there are people here that are on the outside looking in. Like I said at the beginning, you don't even know who Jesus, this Jesus really is. You've maybe heard about him. You've been, maybe been invited by others to be here today. But you still feel like you're the outside looking in. You're not sure who this Jesus is, what this Jesus means. You don't know that the acceptance that Jesus offers, you don't know the forgiveness that he has brought. You don't know the peace that he can bring to your heart. 
And my question to you today is will you get down from the tree, from looking down? Will you come in? Will you let him into your house? Will you just come as you are? Not cleaned up, not hidden, not tidied away. Will you open your heart to him? Because the offer is there. Jesus is standing, inviting himself to your house. He's there, standing, saying, I'm coming to your house today. And all you need to do is welcome him in. Zacchaeus gladly welcomed him in. That's what all you need to do today. That's the offer for you today. Open your heart. Open your house. Let him in. Receive his love. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his peace. And then there are those like the woman with the issue. Insert your issue here. And God has seen you come with your issue. But he wants to look you face to face. He wants to look at you face to face. Say, daughter, son, you belong to me. You belong here. Some of you here don't feel like you belong here. You might have been here 20 years. You still don't feel like you belong here. That's a heart issue. issue. God wants to show you you belong here. He loves you. He adopted you. This is family. Go in peace. Go in peace. Allow your heart to know his love and that will bring you peace. That will bring you peace. And then there are those of you that have tried to come but I felt pushed away for whatever reason. You felt pushed away. You felt like you're not accepted. Like the disciples pushed the children away. And you felt like that. But Jesus is welcoming you. Pulls you up in his arms. Blesses you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are here today. Father, I thank you you sent Jesus to reverse the sin, the shame, the fear, and the rejection that you sent your son to die on a cross. And through that death on the cross, you took all our shame, all our sin, all our sickness, and that you were rejected by your own father so that we can know acceptance through your son. So, Father, I just pray. I just pray into those heart issues right now. I just pray into that fear of telling the whole truth. That fear of those hidden things, those things that you've hidden away, those things that you've tidied away, those things that you don't want seen by man or anyone. And Jesus comes right now and he comes and he says, daughter, son, you are mine. You are mine. You are mine. I've adopted you. You're in my
my family. I love you. I love you. He's got you in his arms right now. He's got you in his arms. And he wants to minister peace to you. Minister love to you. There is no condemnation. There is no punishment. He took all that on himself so that you can know freedom. You can know freedom. So Father, by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come into every heart in this place, into every house in this place and minister your love, your grace, your freedom, your peace, your wholeness. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen.